So we're reading from, oh look, it's right there, uh, Luke chapter 2, 21 to 40. And as you guys are just flicking there, I'll pray um, for all of us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us um, this word, uh, this good news of great joy. Please open our hearts and, and be with our spirits to understand what is preached to us and that the preaching will be from you. And yeah, just um, speak to us tonight, please, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus, uh, the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The, children, uh, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Peniel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Thanks, Reggie. It's great to dig into God's word together. Kia ora, everyone. I'm Dave. Uh, it's my pleasure to kind of open this passage and to help us dig through it for a bit uh, and see, uh, yeah, just to explore a little bit more what God is going to say. Um, now, over the next few weeks, uh, you've probably realized, right, we're in December, December, which means Christmas just around the corner, and we're going to spend the next few weeks digging into um, the, this idea of hope and um, peace and joy and love. Uh, really looking at the biographies, the Gospels, that tell us about Jesus' life. Um, now, so today we're picking up in Luke's Gospel. Um, and, and as we pick up in Luke's Gospel, we meet this man whose life has been one of hope. Uh, now, I, I'm going to pray together, and then we're going to dig uh, more into that passage that we just had read together. So, let's pray. Father God, we give you great thanks that you uh, are a God who speaks, uh, a God who speaks to us through your word, and we thank you that you've done that just now 
uh, as we've read the Bible. Uh, I ask now that you would be pleased to use me to continue to speak and help press these words into our lives uh, so that they wouldn't just be words uh, on a page, uh, but that they would be um, living and active words that shape our lives. Amen. Uh, My family and I are off on holiday tomorrow. So good. Uh, Now, if I'm honest, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Um, I've been looking forward to a bit of a break. Uh, Like many of you will know all too well, this year's been tough on many levels. Um, I took on a little bit too much in my studies uh, a little bit early in in the year. Um, Lockdown happened. Now we've been trying to adjust to what this whole traffic light system looks like. How do we scan in? What does that look like as we go to our different uh, shops and to church and all sorts of things? Uh, and, and, and so as we've kind of approached the last little bit, I've been looking down the line in my calendar, the 6th of December, the 6th tomorrow, waiting for tomorrow, waiting to have some rest Now, if I'm honest, what I'm looking forward to about all of this is hopefully sitting down with a good book. I'll take recommendations later if you've got any. Uh, Maybe eating some great food with my wife, spending some good time with the family, some bike rides, uh, except we live in Wellington. So maybe not so much of the outside and the sunshine and the beaches um, and the bike rides. But either way, it doesn't even matter, right? Because I'm going to have a bit of time to take a break. The problem is, have you ever noticed this? You get to holidays and you're like, this is going to be awesome. And then they just never quite deliver. Uh, A mate of mine recently said, uh, we aren't going to call them holidays anymore. Uh, We're going to call them doing the same slog in a different place without all the things that would make it easier. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue the same way as we're going on holiday, does it? Um, But... I don't know, maybe you're waiting a bit more patiently than I am. Maybe you're waiting for borders to be open so you can travel at long last. Maybe it's about career goals being met. Maybe that's just the first job in your career goals. Uh, Maybe it's in a certain grade that you want to get in your university studies. We're all waiting, aren't we? We're waiting for the better thing that's down the road. And when the waiting is done, it often just doesn't stack up. It doesn't measure up to what we'd hoped. It doesn't last. And so today, as we pick up in Luke's gospel, we meet a man who's been waiting. He's been waiting hopefully. Luke's gospel, it's one of the accounts we have of Jesus' life. And if you flick back a page uh, from the reading that we just had, Uh, and look at chapter 1, verse 3, we see uh, why Luke wrote uh, this little biography of Jesus' life. So look with me from verse 3. I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning. I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of things you have been taught. Uh, And so as we pick up and and flick back to chapter 2, where we're going to spend our time uh, this evening, we know what we're reading, don't we? Uh, We're reading an orderly account of the life of Jesus, 
painstakingly investigated, confirmed, written down, and preserved, uh, preserved for us so that we too can have certainty with, about Jesus. And in this passage that we've just read together, we join Mary and Joseph. We join Jesus' mum and dad and little eight-day-old Jesus in the temple. And as we look around and we kind of scan the faces around us, a man comes toward us. His name is Simeon. And because as Simeon walks over, and, and as he takes this little baby Jesus in his arms, the mere sight of this little boy. He's just eight days old. The mere sight means that Simeon's waiting is over. His hope has been met. This is it. Okay, and so as that happens, Simeon, he bursts into song. Did you notice? He, He sings, Lord, as you have promised, release me to rest. I have seen your rescue It is here, behold, hope for all nations and glory, Israel. You see, Simeon, he sings of promises made by God and then now being fulfilled. Everything he's been waiting for and watching for and striving for, it's done. He can rest in peace. He he sings of God's great rescue. His, His great rescue of people who are doing it tough enslaved, broken, and oppressed. More than that, it's, a, it's actually a rescue that's done in plain sight for all to see. He sings that this rescue is for all nations, every man, woman, and child, and that it is the glory of God, the glory of God's special people, because they are at the heart of this rescue and hope. So so let's dig into it a little bit more and see uh, what we can glean from it. Because what we'll see is that this song, it flows out of Simeon. This is the first point that we're going to look at. It it flows out of Simeon recognizing that what he's been waiting for, what he's been hoping for, it's here. Come with me and have a look at verse 26. It had been revealed to him, that is Simeon, by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Now the the vibe here is of a watchman. This guy Simeon is a watchman that's been at his post. He's been waiting and watching. He's remained alert and on task. But that waiting and watching, that seeking and striving... It's done. It's done uh, because the hope of Jesus has arrived. And the hope of Jesus has been recognized. Do you see? Come and have a look at um, uh, at verse 29. This is uh, what Simeon says as he bursts into song, having recognized that the hope is right here in Jesus. He takes this little child in his arms and he says these words, Sovereign Lord, As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. See, he's saying, I've kept my my post faithfully. Now dismiss me. But why can Simeon say this? Like, he's staring into little baby blue eyes of Jesus, 
And Simeon says, I finished. Dismiss me in peace. He can say that because, uh, and, and this is our second point, uh, that the hope of Jesus is being revealed in front of him. Like I said, this little child in his arms is God's salvation, and he's here for all to see. Keep reading with me from verse 30. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. It's odd, right? See, Simeon's holding this little tiny baby. How is this baby? How is Jesus God's salvation? How does he know? I mean, babies don't do much at that age. The most you can help for is when you kind of press your little finger into their tiny hand and there's a natural reflex they have that they might just give your little pinky, might get a tiny hug. That's all. Here's the key. Okay, Simeon here, we see in verse 25, he's righteous and he's devout. He's actually a representative of God's waiting people. Okay, all of God's people waiting for his rescue, trusting him to fulfill his promises. And life at the moment, at this moment, life for Israel, it's a mess. Okay, they're supposed to be God's special people, blessed, so blessed that those blessings are overflowing, not just for them, but for the nations around them, for all people. And instead, they're just a fragment of a nation. They've been conquered and exiled, ruled and oppressed, enslaved. It's a mess. But God has promised an end to that mess. You see, what... God's people are waiting for, the mess coming to an end. This is happening, but not in any way, not in any kind of normal or strategic way that we might expect. It's not with a new government, with new policies. It's not with new funding for an army that will patrol the borders and kind of kick out this, the, the Romans that are ruling over them at the time. And, and it's not even just for Israel because the doors are being thrown wide open. Okay, this rescue is going global because it's dealing with an even bigger mess than Israel is facing right now. Come with me to verse 32. A light for revelation to the Gentiles, that that is the nations, and the glory of your people Israel. During the past, God has revealed himself to one nation, the nation Israel. Now in Jesus, he's revealing himself to everyone, to us right here today. And it's not in a way that's easy to miss, right? One among 2,428 unread emails that are currently in my inbox. It's like as you walk up the driveway and the sensor light light just flicks on and you go from darkness to light. God is turning on the lights so that we can see him and know him. Because the thing is, the the thing is, everything's a bit of a mess for us too, isn't it? Uh, uh, Do you feel it? Think about the stress over the last few days as we've kind of adjusted to the new traffic light system or kind of let alone the whole of 
2021 and the kind of ups and downs of what does it look like. But the bigger mess than all of that, it's right here. It's right here in our hearts. Because we too are slaves of a sort. Do you feel it? I mean, not slaves to another people, but slaves to sin. See, because we reject God, and that rejection of him, it overflows into everything that we do. It blocks us from knowing God. And, and this song, the song that Simeon is singing, it's about the end of that mess. See, the hope of Jesus has been revealed here. He's God's salvation, his rescue plan, as God turns on the lights and as he cleans up the mess of our sin. That's the hope of salvation. And it's revealed in Jesus. Yes, he's eight days old. But, and Simeon knows this. That's why he knows that it's as good as done. This isn't just any baby, is it? This is God's king. This is God himself. Become a man. He will deal with the mess. He'll sort out the problem of sin. And Simeon's song, it's written here not just so that we can read it and kind of recognize the hope along with Simeon as it's revealed in front of us, but also, this is our next point, that we would respond to that hope. You see, this is a song for us to sing along with Simeon, to be moved by it, moved to respond to this Hope. And Simeon helps us out a little bit because at the end of his song, he turns to Mary and he tells us about the sting that follows the song. Did you see it? Because Jesus, he causes rising and falling, joy and pain, death and life. You see, after Simeon finishes singing his little song, and mum and dad, they marvel about what is being said about their little boy. There's a choice for us. It's a choice for us about which side of this we're going to land on. Come with me down to verse 33. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Did you catch it? Jesus will cause the falling and rising of many. He'll be a sign that will be spoken against. A sword will pierce Mary's own soul. So this is painting a bit of a picture of what it's going to look like as people respond to the hope of Jesus. Now, now Simeon is bang on, and it's all here in Luke's gospel as you flick and read through, right? Jesus will be spoken against, he'll be mocked and ridiculed and hated, but he'll also be loved and followed and worshipped. He'll die on a cross, it's brutal. And Mary, she'll bear the agony of watching her boy die a criminal's death. Even today, I take it you know so well, 
Jesus, on the one hand, is loved and the other is hated. You see, and today as we kind of look at this song, as we see this hope, we're being asked a question, what's it going to be? Where will you land? Will you join Simeon? Recognize this hope as the hope of Jesus is revealed and kind of laid out in front of us. The salvation that he offers as it's thrown into the light for all to see. Will you join Simeon? Will you respond in relief? You know, you're seeing that the waiting, it's over. Hope is here. Our animosity towards God is dealt with. Our sin has been removed. God's salvation is here. Rest, real rest is coming. And here's the thing, right? We have so much more to work on than Simeon does. Simeon walks into the temple and he sees this little frail eight-day-old baby and he goes, we're done here. Dismiss me. I have finished. Rest, here I come. We have the, the whole rest of the story of Jesus showing us time and time again that he is God and he is king. How he dies on a cross carrying the weight of the sins of the world. He dies a death that all sin deserved. Then he rises again having conquered death itself and ascends to heaven. How will you respond to him, to this hope? Can I put it a different way? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for before you can rest? Now, I don't mean, you know, that kind of quick breather, maybe the summer holidays and then getting back into it. I mean, real and lasting rest. What would it take for you to say, Everything I've been striving for, working for, watching for, waiting for. Is there a certain point in your studies or your career or the things that you want? Where are you placing your hope? And what happens when you get there? Right? What happens when you're finished? When the glitter falls from the heavens, when angels sing from on high, there's champagne and strawberries all around. It's like, oh, then what? Rest? Rest that meets your every hope and dream. That's everything you've been waiting for. It's unlikely, isn't it? I mean, sure, you'll celebrate and it'll be great and there'll be pats on the back. And then... The target will have moved that little bit further. You've met this goal, now this goal. The hope, it never actually arrived, did it? And this is why the hope, is, the hope of Jesus is so spectacular. It's a hope that doesn't depend on ourselves. It's promised by a God who always delivers. It's a hope that's certain. It's a hope that offers lasting rest and peace rather than that rest kind of being cut short. So can I ask, what are you waiting for? 
Because Jesus is here. Will you recognize him and the rest and the peace that he offers? Shall we pray together? Father God, you know what we're waiting for, hoping for. You know the things that we are looking forward to. Father, would you dwarf those with the Lord Jesus? Would you help us to see him clearly and see how he is a greater hope, a greater thing to wait for, offering a greater rest and a greater peace? Amen.